Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to NFL Live presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Just a few hours away from kickoff of week three, Steelers at Browns in Cleveland. First Energy Stadium. Browns, by the way, four-point favorites at home. We're so glad you're with us here on NFL Live. Tons to get to today as we have a lot to talk about week three on the way. We got Dan Orlowski here in studio. You'll hear a lot from him. He's got an interesting Mac Jones breakdown coming your way, talking about how he is a little concerned about the regression. You see him right there. Marcus Spears is flexing, apparently. Mina Kimes, Keyshawn no Johnson, Adam Schefter yeah, joins oh, us got me in just too. a moment. Mina, let me see those muscles. Ooh. <laughs> I don't want to scare people. <laughs> She's about to bust out of that blazer. All right, let's get, though, to the game tonight. We begin with an AFC battle. Everything you need to know about this one as we get you ready for it. It's been a slow start for Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers' offense. He's averaging 5.1 yards per pass attempt, worse than the NFL tonight. The Steelers face a Browns defense that's been disappointing so far this season, allowing 27.5 points per game. And look out for Nick Chubb through two weeks. Chubb ranks second in the NFL in rushing yards, and his three rushing touchdowns are tied for the most in the league. We got both teams covered tonight. You see him right there, Brooke Pryor with the Steelers, Jake Trotter with the Browns. Brooke, we start with you. What's Mike Tomlin's message to the offense after two below-average performances to start the season? Laura, Mike Tomlin is preaching patience for his offense and for his quarterback. And the players I talked to in the locker room are also being patient with Trubisky, but they'd like to be more aggressive in the offense. They'd like to mix in tempo earlier. And when I talked with Chase Claypool, he said, look, this offense is not dead in the water. And he told me that he believes in Mitch Trubisky. But Trubisky knows that he's got to be more aggressive in throwing the ball downfield. And he said he's got to look for number 14, George Pickens. So expect to see that in the game tonight. And now for more on the Browns to Jake Trotter. Thanks, Brooke. Meanwhile, the Browns defense conducted a players-only meeting this week in the wake of that epic fourth-quarter collapse against the New York Jets. Quarterback Greg Newsom II noted that the players are mad about what happened and should be mad about it. We're way too talented to allow something like that to happen. Defensive busts in the secondary have been the biggest issue, which is why communication was a focal point in practice this week. Browns coach Kevin Stefanski told me that we've addressed it, we'll continue to address it, and if we don't fix it, we're going to keep getting burned, including tonight against the Steelers. Laura? Thanks to Jake and Brooke. The Browns defense was expected to be one of the top units in the NFL this season, but that's not been the case so far. You see it there. Through two weeks, Cleveland has allowed over 27 points per game, and a majority of that damage has come through the air as the Browns have allowed nearly eight yards per passing attempt. Jeez. More on tonight's game just a little bit later, but let's get to a huge quarterback matchup Sunday in Tampa as Tom Brady and the Bucks host Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So many questions on the injury front for both teams. Adam Schefter joining us now to take us through all of it. Let's start, Adam, on the Bucks side of the field. 
Well, listen, Laura, no Julio Jones at practice today, no Chris Godwin at practice today for the Buccaneers, who are shorthanded at the wide receiver position. Now, they did add Cole Beasley to the practice squad earlier this week. They could promote him this week into the active roster. But if Julio Jones with a knee injury is not practicing on Thursday and Chris Godwin still isn't practicing today, those are not encouraging signs as to their availability for Sunday's matchup against the Green Bay Packers, who have some of their own injury question marks at wide receiver today. Alan Lazard didn't practice for the Green Bay Packers. Sammy Watkins didn't practice today for the Green Bay Packers. Randall Cobb was sick and didn't practice. So the Packers have some of their own injury woes at wide receiver. This is a battle of two of the best teams in the league and two of the best teams in the league who also have some major wide receiver question marks. Yeah, with these two legendary quarterbacks, you wonder who they're going to be throwing the football to. Adam's with us all show long. And as for Brady, he addressed his depleted offensive line, too, taking on that Packers defense today. Always starts with the offensive line, what those guys are able to do, how they're able to control the line of scrimmage. And, you know, it's a big challenge. Great pass rusher is one of the best inside players we'll face all year, Kenny Clark. But Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary are great rushers. So, again, it's another big challenge. But, you know, we got to meet it. One side of this one with Dan and Key is where we begin. Dan, what's the one place you want to see improvement from that Bucks offense on Sunday? They got to get better in the red zone. The, the downside is no one's coming. You, you, like no one's coming to help this red zone offense right now. They've had 11 plays down in the red zone area. They have eight yards. I, that, that's almost impossible to be Oof. that bad. Now, red zone usually starts with your offensive line and then your people on the outside. Very similar to third down. They're getting beat up in the red zone when it comes to protection, and then they don't really have anybody, especially now that Mike Evans will not be playing in this game, that they feel can go win on one-on-ones. The fix for me is, I honestly believe, and I'm shocked to say this, they need to go to a little bit of RPO down in the red mm-hmm. zone area. I would spread Green Bay out and give Tom the ability to hand the ball off on the edges or pull it and make a throw. This isn't an opportunity for him to keep it. But I think that playing spread football down there is the best option for them without a true winner on the perimeter. Key, you confused by that? Well, as soon as Dan said RPO, I was like, I wonder if he really meant that. I understand what he's saying, fake him out with the Tom Brady (laughs) RPO, spread him out. He's not keeping it for sure. I agree with Dan. The red zone is a major problem for them, getting the football in the end zone. You don't have the tree out there, Mike Evans. But here's what I would say. Methodically move the football down the field, something that we all know Tom Brady can do. But you put Leonard Fournette, a heavy dose of that. They didn't run the ball in particularly well against New Orleans, but they can run the ball well. We've seen them do it. We've seen what they did against the Dallas Cowboys in the past. We've also watched them do other things with other teams. You go back to when they played against the Detroit Lions, how they just utilized Leonard Fournette to a whole other level. I think that's how you do it. You put the ball in his hands as much as you can. Screen game, all of those sort of things to slow down some of that pass rush, and they'll put themselves in the perfect position to win the game. Yeah, I, I get that point, but when it comes to the, the area that they're struggling the most, you know, when you get down to the red, any coach or play caller can design stuff 20 to 20. You know, that you can call plays for anybody there. But in those situational football moments, it's about people. And they don't have people. If you're Green Bay defensive, you're not sitting there going, you know what, let's play with some, some help and coverage against these receivers this week down in the red zone. They're going to pack the box, and they're going to play a bunch of one-on-one coverage. Their corners are good enough. That's why I say spread them out. Let Tom sit there and go, okay, where's the matchup that I like? You can get man-beating routes built into that. And then if he feels like they've got a numbers advantage, you can hand that ball off with a little bit of the RPO action. They've got to get better down there. 
Leonard Fournette, by the way, it keeps yeah, mentioning him. Yeah, the red zone him. certainly shrinks. Right. Love it, Key. Leonard Fournette ranks second in the NFL with 49 touches this season. He's trailing only Joe Mixon, so maybe could do a little more with those touches, but it's not for lack of trying. All right, the other side of this matchup features a tough test for Aaron Rodgers against a stingy Bucks defense. Since the start of last season, Rodgers has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL when pressured. He's averaged 3.9 yards per attempt in that scenario. That's the second worst mark in the NFL. As for the Bucks defense, they've pressured opposing quarterbacks at the fifth highest rate in the league during that span. Marcus, do you expect Bowles to continue to bring that pressure on Sunday? Yeah, Laura, I'm sorry for my pause reaction. I just was caught up in Dan looking like a youth pastor at Living Faith well, Church Dan, right hey, now. Really, really fast. Work. Dan <laughs> usually wears a color, but today he's all charcoaled out. It's a new suit for Dan. He's getting, like, sophisticated in his old age. Oh, Sorry, Dan. Let me get to you it. You look like let a me pastor at a mega it, church. Praise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Todd Bowles. I think Todd Bowles is going to extend his pressure package, and it's something that we've talked about all season long with the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers building rapport with these wide receivers. It's still not there, and we've seen this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense be dominant now two weeks in a row. And they have us paying attention to a lot of things. But I think Levante David and Devin White changes the dynamic of how Aaron Rodgers plays against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when he sees pressure because of the speed of these guys. It's something that people don't mention enough. Aaron Rodgers is truly a dual threat guy. Super athletic. We see him scramble at times. And I think we take it for granted of how devastating he can be when he extends plays and moves outside of the pocket. These two linebackers don't allow you to and they've been able to turn Aaron Rodgers over as far as interceptions and takeaways more so than any team that he's faced they give him the most problems line stunts you get pressure from this um, from this defense as well and they understand the quick hits the one thing about it now is without you being on the same page as these wide receivers there's more time for these defensive backs to react and there's more time for the there's more time for these guys to get home. I'll be interested to see the chess match with Todd Bowles in this pressure package. Yeah. The Packers got to run the ball, and they got to run the ball well. The good news for Green Bay is that they've looked excellent doing so for the, through the first two weeks of the season. Yeah. Um, the run game has looked creative. It's been efficient. And notably, it's been very solid running outside the tackles. The Bucks defense is very stout in the middle, but you can attack them on the edges. And so far, through two games... Aaron Jones on 16 carries is averaging 10 yards a Whoa. carry running outside. This is, of course, all important in this game because you do not want to get in third and long against this Bucks defense. If they can pin their ears back and get after Aaron Rodgers, they will. But if you can keep them into third and manageables, they've got a chance of staying in this thing. All right, so Swagoo really is a pastor of a mega church, as Dan alluded to. Mina, you're going to keep making him praise if you keep talking about running the football, rubbing off on Mina there. We love to see it. man run. Yes. Hey, we're just getting started on NFL Live. The Broncos are off to a rocky start, but Key isn't surprised one bit. He'll tell you why Russell Wilson and the new Denver regime has struggled. Don't miss it. And we see the undefeated Bills square off against the undefeated Dolphins this weekend. Someone has to give here. Marcus explains what Tua needs to do to get over that hump. NFL Live is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, the Giants are 2-0 for the first time since 2009. Cowboys coming off a thrilling win against the Bengals. They meet in our Week 3 NFC East Monday Night Football matchup. Our celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month continues at 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. Peyton and Eli also back on ESPN2. Let's get a little more on the Cowboys side of this matchup as Ed Werder is in Dallas ahead of the game. Never a dull moment, Ed, out there with the Cowboys. What's Jerry Jones saying about his quarterback situation? Yeah, you're right, Laura. You know, most NFL teams dread quarterback controversies. Jerry Jones, he invents them, or at least he tries to do so. The Cowboys owner and general manager Jones said today that he hopes Cooper Rush plays well enough and the Cowboys win so many games that replacing him with a healthy Dak Prescott becomes a hard decision in a few weeks. Jones said he would walk to New York if Rush could do now what Prescott did in 2016. No matter that Prescott has won as many division championships as Rush has regular season games and disregarding that Prescott has paid $40 million per season by Jones. Running back Ezekiel Elliott dismissed the seriousness of Jones' remarks. Elliott put them in the same category as those of TV critics who suggested that Prescott would benefit from watching Rush execute the Dallas offense in his absence. Here's what Elliott said when reminded the drama was coming from the team owner, not someone seeking to acquire more social media followers. Jerry just said, wouldn't it be something if we had a dilemma at the end of Cooper's time here? We'll See, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic example. <laughs> well, yeah, he want, he wants y'all to be clicking and listening to him, too. <laughs> it's all marketing, man. It's all marketing. <laughs> well, Jones was the last holdout for Tony Romo when Prescott kept the starting job as a rookie in 2016, leading the Cowboys to a franchise record 11 consecutive victories. Comments like those Jones made earlier here today are among the reasons that head coach Mike McCarthy said he really needs to work on his reaction to drama as the Cowboys coach. And, oh, by the way, all of this happened on the day that Prescott, still with stitches in his right thumb, returned to practice on a limited basis. Laura, he simulated some throws and taking snaps with a yellow training ball, not yet using a football. Mm. And to me, that seems to be what matters, and probably it matters most to Jerry Jones, too. 
Yeah, absolutely. Jerry having some fun, but important, Ed, to make note of. You know, they didn't put Prescott on the IR, as you've told us. Maybe that timeline a little bit quicker to get him back than we had originally thought. Thanks so much for joining us here. Ed Werder with the best news. All right, let's talk Giants, the other team in this Monday night football matchup <laughs> against the Cowboys. Kenny Galladay, no targets in the Giants' win over the Panthers Sunday. So here's what Galladay had to say about how he's being used. He said, quote, I think it's probably going to be a little different. But like I said, I really, I still really don't know. I'm preparing like I'm going to be playing, but who knows? So we'll see what happens there Monday against Dallas. Let's read and react around the NFL, starting with that New York Giants offense. Dan, what are you seeing from Daniel Jones, the quarterback? He is allowing when people get into his operational space, his eyes go down to the ground and misses throws. This is down in the red zone. David Sills, left side of your screen, is going to sit over the ball. Now watch when the pocket just gets restricted on Daniel. Right move now, his eyes go down in the ground. But he can hit that throw to Dan David Sills. That might end up being a touchdown. That's a missed opportunity. And later on in the game, they go play-action pass, and you're going to see another player for Carolina just get into his operational space. You are going to get two receivers get wide open here. But as he just moves in the pocket away from that defender, his eyes go down to the ground. He doesn't see those two guys wide open because he's looking at somewhere to run instead of keeping his eyes up the field. That's my big issue. Now, this is a new year and new thing for him. This is not a thing of his past, but right now he is playing in a, in a time when People get close to him. Instead of maneuvering the pocket and keeping his eyes downfield to see someone open, he is thinking about where can I run to. That's a bad issue for their offense right now. All right, they're 2-0, but room for improvement to Dan's point. Let's get to the Jaguars. Surprising many people when they gave Christian Kirk a big contract in free agency, but it's paid dividends so far. In last week's win over the Colts, Trevor Lawrence completed all six of his attempts to Kirk, with two of them going for touchdowns through two weeks. Kirk ranks seventh in the NFL in receiving yards. Mina, what have you liked about the way Jacksonville's utilized Christian Kirk so far? Yeah, Kirk has absolutely lived up to his contract so far, and I love the way Doug Peterson has deployed him all over the formation. He's been lined out, out wide. He's been in the slot. He's been in the backfield. Often he's got him in motion, both giving Trevor Lawrence information, whether it's man or zone, and creating mismatches against the defenses. It's been creative, and he has been Trevor Lawrence's best friend through two weeks. Mm. It's been fun to watch and interesting when people actually do live up to the hype and the money. To Miami next, where Tua and the Dolphins take on the Bills this week. Buffalo quarterback Josh Allen asked about Tua's newfound success this week. Take a listen. You know, it sucks as a Bills fan and a, and a Bills player to see. You don't want to see your uh, division rivals winning football games, but, you know, I'm, I'm proud of him for, you know, all the adversity and stuff and all the naysayers and stuff like that. I can relate to a lot of that. So um, he's just, he's playing really good football right now, and I hate to see it, but it's, uh, you know, it's very good for him. It's hard to not root for a guy like that. Um, it just so happens that he's in our division. So, uh, you know, especially when he's playing against us, we, we can't root for that. Nice from Josh. But, Marcus, what do you make of Tua's matchup with the Bills this week? Yeah, Boogie, this is about this being an unforgiving league. You got to do it again. Uh, Bill Parcells used to tell us you can go from the outhouse to the penthouse in a matter of seven days, and you can go from the penthouse to the outhouse. Right now, Tua is in the penthouse. Six touchdowns, phenomenal comeback against the Baltimore Ravens, and that's the NFL. You usually have seven days outside of Thursday and Monday games where you got to prove it all over again, 
And now this is the biggest test because it's in division and it's against a team that everybody thinks is going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, Tua, AFC Offensive Player of the Week. But you're right, it only lasts for a week. We'll see what he does this time around. The horses are come. back. That Here means it it's time for the Dan Wagon. All Here aboard. Giddy up, Dan. I'm giving a squad. Look at that. Oh, okay, let's go. guys, give him some depth. Let's go. The, dog, the horses are here. Hey, you know what? I'm actually you think it's in the be? studio, Dan. Who you think it's gonna be? It might be someone who's pretty swift. <laughs> What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Dan, giddy up. Come on, yeehaw. We've got to get a Dan Wagon in. What you mean what I mean, Josh Allen, welcome to the Dan Wagon. Matthew Stafford's on the freaking Dan Wagon. Jonathan Taylor. Javante Williams. Najee Harris on the Woo! Dan Wagon. Did anyone notice those weird things Dan was doing with that pony? It's so bizarre. That's soft. I think that's an exaggerated take with all due respect to Dan. Mr. Swagoo putting a defensive guy on. Yes! Here's Aww. the mistletoe. This is a pretend mistletoe. Are you guys going to kiss? Let's no. try to find guys who are playing really well and put them on. <laughs> Our producer, Mark Eisman, calls it the dumbest segment that we do. Yeehaw! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, Curtis Samuel on the Dan Wagon last week. He did seven catches and a touchdown. That's what happens when we get on the Dan Wagon. So who joins him this week? We're going to the home team. We're going to go to Detroit. Whoa. We're going to go to their tailback, DeAndre Swift, who is lighting it up right now. Right now, DeAndre Swift leads the NFL in yards per carry at 10 yards per clip. He is averaging 5.5 yards before contact. So shout out to the big fellas up front. That's second in the league. He's also third in the NFL when it comes to yards after contact. So you're barely getting to him. And when you do get to him, he runs through your tackles. Also, Laura, he leads the NFL when it comes to running backs and yards per catch. So mm. we're talking about a dude who leads the NFL in yards per carry, yards per catch. 
He's second in the NFL in yards before contact, and he's third in the NFL yards after contact. Detroit, you got a bona fide superstar at tailback. Your offensive line is great. The last thing I have to say about this is. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm curious, like, uh, what that actually sounded like at home. Didn't know is the button was there. Is your tummy okay? Didn't. Scrubble did you just say that? <laughs> okay. Uh, we made the you swim. Let's go on trend. I'm going to present a stat. One of our analysts is going to tell us if that trend continues this week. Get the horse out of here. We begin Whoa. with the Chargers, you guys. They've Watch played man language. coverage on 58% of their opponents' dropbacks this season. That's the highest rate in the league. L.A. ranks top 10 in the NFL in QBR and yards per attempt allowed on man coverage. They have two interceptions and had opportunities for several more last week against the Chiefs. Mina, you expect this trend to continue. Heck yeah, I do. So last week, the Jags played a Colts defense that was perfectly content to sit back in soft zones and let Trevor Lawrence pick him apart underneath. That will not be the case against LA Chargers defense that plays that much man coverage because they've got the horses eh, uh -oh. in the back and the pass rush up front to do it at an extremely high level. It's going to be incumbent upon Doug Peterson to scheme up some man beaters, get those guys open for Trevor Lawrence. But boy, his job's not going to be easy. If only we had the horse sound effect right now, but we don't. Oh, actually we do. All right, let's move on to New England, where Mac Jones' second season has gotten off to a slow start. Playing under a new offensive coaching staff, Jones ranks 26 in the NFL in QBR. He's been off target on 20% of his attempts, meaning that the pass was either underthrown or overthrown. Mm. Through two weeks, Jones has the same number of interceptions as he has touchdowns. Dan, how concerned are you about Mac Jones' start to the season? I'm concerned because he's asking why a lot. Now, last year he did too, but he knew exactly what the answer was. He knew why he was. Why are you calling this versus who, what, where, when, why, and how? I talked about he was the best rookie I'd ever seen last year being able to do that. Now he's going, why is he calling this play? What, who am I supposed to look at? What am I supposed to see on the defense? Where am I supposed to look? And you see a quarterback that is very doubtful with what he's supposed to do with the football, both pre-snap and post-snap. I don't believe in individual regression when it comes to a person who has great work ethic, but his production is absolutely regressing, and it's strictly tied to their play calling. Yeah, Josh McDaniels was really important, I think. To Denver, where expectations were high for Russell Wilson and company this season, but the Broncos' offense has gotten off to a rocky start. They've struggled mightily in the red zone. Denver has had six drives in which they've reached the red zone. They haven't scored a touchdown on any of them. Russell Wilson has certainly played a role in these struggles as he ranks 27th out of 32 qualified quarterbacks in red zone QBR. But, Keith, will the Broncos offense ever get going this season? You know what? I don't know, Laura. I think when you look at the situation, our best days are probably left in Seattle. If you go and you look at Seattle when they were really rolling Russ was doing okay, but it was about the defense. It was about Marshawn Lynch. It was about those sort of things. And then you fast forward to maybe, I don't know, he was there 10 years. You look at maybe the last four or five years where they started to try to do some stuff with Russell Wilson on the offensive side of the ball, push the ball down the field, but it didn't amount to anything. They didn't win big like they wanted to, and they made a decision and turning it alone with Russell Wilson. It was time to part ways because they did not want to spend the type of money that the Denver Broncos invested in Russell Wilson. Not just the money, but the draft picks, the players, all of those sort of things. And when you look at it, this team was built 
on running the football a year ago. They did a tremendous job, which, by the way, they're doing, you know, they're averaging about five yards a carry right now, which is not bad for them. They can't punch it in the end zone. And you look at the receiver in Cortland Sutton. He's not giving them the wow factor. Yeah, him and Russ may be connecting on a statistical level, but he's not giving them the DK Metcalf things that they thought that they were going to get when they brought Russ over. And you invest that type of money in a, re in a quarterback to complete 58% of his passes, I doubt that that's what the Denver Broncos are thinking about, not converting in the red zone. If they thought that they were going to get this Russell Wilson, I doubt that they would have did that. Mina, you've been Dang. around the Seattle Seahawks as a fan for more than 10 years. What did you see in Russell? Yeah, you know, I think what we've seen from him so far this season, obviously very small sample size, is kind of what we've seen over the last few years, Key. Um, at times it does look like he's trying to force the ball downfield a bit. He is still an upgrade for them at the quarterback position. And I actually think the offense is going to be fine. Um, I realize that they've had these red zone struggles, but those things do tend to turn around. I think the play calling has been an issue, frankly, at the goal line for this team through week three. Uh, pardon me, through the first two weeks, and they are running the football very well. Where I disagree with you is I actually think Cortland Sutton's been quite good. The problem is uh, the lack of depth behind him. I think the loss of Tim Patrick was really underrated headed into the season. And once Jerry Judy went out last week, it was apparent that Wilson did not trust anyone other than Cortland Sutton. Uh, I wish I could say they could rebound this week against what I believe is going to be one of the best defenses in the NFL in San Francisco, but uh, it might be a few weeks before they really look like we expected them to coming into the season. See, meaning when I look at a Cortland Sutton paired with a Russell Wilson, I'm looking for a big wow factor, something that they thought that they were going to get when he came out of SMU. I know he got injured early on, but as a receiver, when you are the number one guy, you have to completely take over. There's no reason when they get in the red zone. We talk about Julio Jones and Mike Evans and Michael Thomas, the big trees, and Mike Williams and those guys. There's no reason that they're not supposed to get him the football or he's not supposed to score. That's why I'm a little down on him, things like that. Yeah, you know, as Mina was saying, she doesn't think that this offense will really be in trouble long term. Yeah, you, you were agreeing. So how do they fix this for the Broncos? I want Russell Wilson's play to match his words. Mm -hmm. He's a guy who often says, you know, the process, don't be tied to results. Well, just make the next right play consistently because I watch you at times treat a check down when it's open there, and then I watch you, like Mina mentioned, force the ball downfield. That's second 11. Throw your check down. There's, this is a play like 14 plays later. The check down's right in front of you, but you scrambled to try to make a big play. This is third and six. You're going to have a check down option to throw the ball to, but you force it into a tight window. So that's the thing for me right now is make the next right play for Russell Wilson. I'm sure he's got to get over – I'm coming with great expectations, and they gave up a lot for me, and we're trying to run a Super Bowl. But the quicker he really, and he knows this, realizes just run that offense and make the next right decision, I agree with Mina. Get rid of the penalties, better in the red zone. They will be just fine. He will play phenomenal Drops football. Yeah. Drops, yes. Uh, you know what? You're like frozen. Do the next right thing. Who said that? Elsa or Anna? One of them. All right. Let's check Elsa. in on some of our top <laughs> stories. I knew you would know that, Dan. Adam Schefter jumping back in here. Adam, it was a week ago tonight that Justin Herbert injured his ribs. What do we know about his status for Sunday's game against the Jaguars? Well, Laura, he's at practice today. He's in pads. He's throwing the football. He's going through warm-ups. These are all encouraging signs and more than he did during practice yesterday. Now, we'll see how he fares here in the next few days after that painful fractured rib cartilage injury that he suffered one week ago tonight. 
But you'd have to say at this point in time that the signs for Justin Herbert are encouraging. Attaboy. Meanwhile, Cardinals running back James Conner back at practice today after not practicing on Wednesday due to that ankle injury. Arizona certainly can use him back this week coming off that win against the Raiders. And the fact that he's back at practice on a Thursday would lead you to, to believe that it looks like he is on track right now to be able to go on Sunday. And the Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson, who was wearing a protective device over his right arm yesterday during practice and was limited with a right elbow injury, was back at practice today without the protective device. Full practice, so all systems are a go right now for Lamar Jackson before the Ravens game against the New England Patriots. And this afternoon, the Baltimore Ravens also reached agreement on a one-year deal with Jason Pierre-Paul adding a little bit of pass rush help that it's been lacking so far for Baltimore. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, Adam said, I'm going to throw on Sunday, a lot Sunday. So watch <laughs> out for that, Patriots. Okay, still to come, it's been a slow start for Mitch Trubisky as the Steelers' starting quarterback. Dan's going to tell us one thing he needs to see from Trubisky tonight if he's going to prove that on, he Mitch. is the answer at quarterback in Pittsburgh. You're watching NFL Live, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Unstoppable, losing's impossible. Go against the team, the thing they know not to do. Right. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're watching NFL Live presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Big game tonight as week three gets going, so let's get a fan duel same game parlay from Dan Orlovsky with the Steelers and the Browns. Let's go through it, Dan. We start with Najee Harris. Does he get more than 80 yards on the ground tonight? I'm going to say under. Ooh. Cleveland's defense is very poor defending the pass. Pittsburgh wants to push the ball downfield. Let's say they go do that tonight. Okay, over under Amari Cooper, 80 receiving yards. I'm going to go under as well. Weather should be a little bit of an issue, and also I expect Cleveland to pound the football against this Pittsburgh defense. Speaking of that, does Nick Chubb get in the end zone? Yes. <laughs> there we go. All right, so you've heard our picks. Now you can use those or make your own to build a same-game parlay with FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. We carry on on NFL Live with some teams who are winless through two weeks. A couple of them surprising, to be honest. Let's begin with Key. You concerned about the 0-2 Raiders right now, Key? I'm absolutely not overly concerned. A little concerned, but not, I'm not panicking in this situation. I look at the Chargers game. They lose to the Chargers, a divisional rival. 
less than a touchdown, card through three interceptions. Then I look at the Arizona game, they completely blew that one. They should have won that football game. And now I look at the division. Kansas City's gonna probably win the division, I'm thinking. And then you talk about the ribs of Herbert, that may come back to the pack. I'm not in love with Denver, so I'm not, I'm not overly concerned. I think they have an opportunity and a chance. Marcus, what's wrong with that Colts offense in Indy? Matt Ryan looked like Tom Brady should look. That's number one. The other thing is this. They, they, are, they are horrible right now on first and second down. They're getting themselves in bad, manageable third down situations. Jonathan Taylor is not being featured as he should be either. We know that he's the best football player on this football team. They need to get Naheem Himes involved. This offense needs to kind of stretch out a little bit. And Frank Wright got to do a better job because his quarterback is not going to throw them to a Super Bowl or a playoff run. What do you think, Key, about I the Colts? I feel bad for Frank Wright, Marcus. Yeah, I, feel, I feel bad for Frank Wright, former teammate, a guy who, when I came into the league, just basically took me under his wing my rookie year and just taught me so much. I feel real bad for him and where the Colts are right now because this is the third veteran quarterback that they've gotten in outside of Phillip Rivers making the playoffs and playing against Buffalo. It just it doesn't look like it should. Yeah, how many times have we said, man, those Colts are really good. Bro, you play with away. Frank Wright. Yeah, yeah, no, that Lee makes Key. a statement. Man, Key, you look pretty hey, good hey, for Marcus, your age. Come on, man. Hey, man, I was a puppy, though, man. He was a full-grown dog. Oh, so he was a lot older when y'all played together. Got it. Good clarification there. Man, All right. Lord, Frank Wright might have been in, hey, Lord, Frank Wright might have been in his 17th year, my rookie year. I'm going to check the numbers on that. We're going to hey, we're gonna get our stats team on that and figure out who's telling the truth here. All right, then, Dan, there's Baker Mayfield and the 0-2 Panthers. What's the tape showing you there? Because you pointed out something the other day that's really, yeah. really interesting. So this is my favorite tape of the year so far. Straight up, this is unacceptable. It's co candidly coaching malpractice. And any Panthers fan from home, you literally need to go send this to the Panthers organization. So uh -oh. I want everyone to pay attention to where Christian McCaffrey is. Now, we have him ringed, okay? The big main focus is look at his alignment in relation to Baker Mayfield. It is clearly obvious that he is one yard behind Baker Mayfield. I can tell you right now, the defense is looking at this in the shotgun. When um, Christian McCaffrey is one yard behind Baker Mayfield, it is an RPO or an obvious run. Okay, you got this RPO of top slant, but he is going to hand that ball off with the backside pulling guard. He pulls it to make this throw. The result doesn't matter. Remember, one yard behind the quarterback, it is going to be an obvious run. Now, there's McCaffrey ringed again. Now look where he is. He is hip to hip with Baker Mayfield. He's on the same plane. He's not backwards. We're in the gun. Now, everyone at home, pay attention. It's an obvious passing situation. Wow. Here comes the screen to Christian McCaffrey. No, these are not cherry-picked clips. I can show you later on in the game. This is the very next shotgun snap. Now, everybody at home that was paying attention to our first clip, Christian McCaffrey was one yard behind Baker Mayfield, and I told you it was an RPO or run. You should be able to guess what's going to happen here. Here comes the RPO run. That ball is going to get handed off to Christian McCaffrey because he was one yard behind Baker Mayfield. Dan, these are not cherry-picked clips. Let's go to the very next shotgun snap. Christian McCaffrey is where? Lateral to Baker Mayfield. He's not one yard behind him. He's hip to hip on the same plane. Well, everybody at home should be able to pay attention when he's right next to Baker Mayfield when it comes to his depth. There's going to be a pass. They fake the jet sweep. McCaffrey goes downfield. Right now, the Carolina Panthers are giving away the play, whether run or pass, to defenses. I'm not sitting here telling everybody that Baker Mayfield's playing great or that their offensive line is a dominant unit. 
But every single snap in these games, wow. when Christian McCaffrey is one yard behind Baker Mayfield in the shotgun, it is a run or an RPO. When Christian McCaffrey is next to Baker Mayfield with his depth, it is a pass. That is unacceptable in the NFL for the Carolina Panthers coaching staff. It's like a pitcher tipping his pitches. 100%. You know exactly what's coming. When you're in the shock and the defense knows the play. Fascinating. All right, I, I have to come clean. I owe Keyshawn an apology. Turns out Frank Reich was in his 11th season when you guys played together. So, Key, he's 11 years older than you. You're right. You were a spring chicken, and Frank Reich is an old man. So, there you go, Key. Sorry about that. <laughs> I said 17. I just was exaggerating. <laughs> he added six years. It's I fine. I don't care about you, Key. Hey, oh. week three kicks off in Cleveland as the Browns, led by Nick Chubb, look to power through Pittsburgh. Marcus has the potential equalizer to the Browns' dominant run game. NFL Live is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Him without his cell phone. It, it would be like Picasso losing his finger. Dude, he's got like two or three phones. He's going constantly. It just came in. This is unprecedented. You want to be next to him and listen because that's how you get the information. Here's what happened. Zero guaranteed money, zero leeway. We could be in the middle of a conversation. All of a sudden, that phone rings or that phone chirps, our conversation is over. You just want to step away, really. And he'll look up and he's still typing. Like, dude, how are you looking at me and you still sitting there typing with your fingers? So glad to have you on NFL Live as we get you ready for the beginning of week three. Look at Swagger Jr., the Browns mascot, arriving there. He's got the nice coat on. You know, this one's for Mina. She loves the dogs. So, so do all of us. By the way, AFC North matchup tonight between the Steelers and Browns. Our football power index has the Browns as a slight favorite, giving Cleveland a 58% chance to win. Both teams coming off close losses at home in week two. I believe we're going to see our picks in a minute, but let's begin here with what needs to change tonight, Dan, for Mitchell Trubisky at the Pittsburgh quarterback spot. Get his, get his mind off of protecting the football and get his mind off of uh, making the, the, the good decision. You've got to put the ball in harm's way. This is second and 18, okay? You're calling a play versus outside leverage man coverage. It's a low to high, tight end to the inbreaker with Claypool. Now, a good decision, sure, get the ball out of your hands and you can get a three-yard completion against man coverage. But the right decision is to throw this ball in the inbreaker right behind that driving defender. Incomplete pass. Now, third and eight. You're down 11 in this game at this point. You got a deep scissors, okay? It's man-to-man coverage on the outside leverage. This is a good play call. Those underneath defenders have vision on you. 
A check down is not a right decision. Is it a good decision? Sure, because you got the ball in your hands. But Deontay Johnson is winning at the top of your screen, running away from man coverage. Mitchell lives in a world of protecting the football. So SMU head coach Rhett Lashley, I heard this years ago, he said, you got to value the football. That means you don't put it in harm's or you're not reckless with it. But you'll put it in harm's way because there's mm-hmm. only that, that's the only way to go be great. And then the second thing is, well, the difference between making the right decision and a good decision, Sean McVay taught me. The right decision is what does the defense tell you to do with the football? I can go out there and throw a check down, and it's a good decision because it's not a bad one. But Mitchell needs to learn what the right decision is given what that play call and what the defense tells him to do. Listening to you, I can't help but remember the last time, or ultimately when Mitchell Trubisky was benched in Chicago for the last time, it was coming off of a multi-interception mm. game. Dan, I can't help but wonder if that's a little bit in the back of his Fair head yeah. with Kenny Pickett looming, but you're absolutely right, because as constituted, this offense cannot win football games. It, it, frankly, statistically, it's the exact same profile as the offense last year. Yep. The only difference is you got Trubisky running around a little bit back there, but they are not pushing the ball downfield. My only concern is when they do attempt to push the ball downfield, he has been inaccurate doing mm-hmm. so. Uh, but uh, ultimately, he's going to have to do it, I think, to keep his job. It's not going to be a matter of risk aversion. He has to take some risks, as you said, uh, in order to fend off Kenny Pickett from coming for that QB1 spot. Yeah, and that's where Kenny Pickett comes into play. Mina said, I don't know, two weeks ago, just put the rookie in there. I don't believe that he's going to drastically change this offense, but at least if the rookie is willing to allow the playmakers on the outside to go yeah. make some plays and he's confident in doing that, he's going to make mistakes, but that gives them the best offense. Because, I'll listen, I'll be honest with you, the offensive line's not great, but it's not as bad as we've made it out to be. Hmm. And Matt Canada, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's Mike McDaniel, but he's not awful either. He's, there are winners downfield and plays that are open Mitchell Trubisky just has, is unwilling to be aggressive and put the ball in harm's way. If Kenny Pickett is, I kind of agree with what Mina said two weeks ago. Just put him on the field and see what he can do. You know, guys, you heard off the top of the show our Steelers reporter Brooke Pryor. She said that this offense and the, the rest of the Steelers are being patient with Trubisky, but they want to get more tempo going and they want to be more aggressive. So you wonder how long their patience yeah. within the locker room as an offense can be uh, can stick around. Let's go to the other side of this matchup with Marcus and Key. Key, when you think about the Browns offense, what do you think the game plan is for tonight? Same thing it was for the Jets. Keep it nice and simple. Right, just run the football. Allow a guy like Brissett to be 17 to 23, a buck 90, a touchdown, no interceptions. Play solid defense. Don't make bonehead plays and get off the field. That's how I, that's how I look at it because you, you got a good team and you got a good roster of players. And the Pittsburgh, the, Mina and, and Dan just talked about Pittsburgh. You can win and beat them because guess what? When you have a good team and you have the better quarterback, you usually win as long as you don't do anything stupid. Uh, Mina, they ain't about to get Mitchell Trubisky benched. Mitchell Trubisky going to come out there trying to throw 30-yard bombs. He's going to throw six picks in the first half. Let's go. I'm going to focus on what Cleveland does well, and that's an intricate run package. And I know that I've swayed Dan and Mina over to the run game because I've heard them mention it more this season than our two years prior together. But this is going to be – the onus will be on this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. 
defense. And one guy I'm spotlighting is Cam Hayward and these linebackers. They have to figure out a way. Cam, in, in particular, as a defensive tackle and how disruptive he can be in the backfield. You have to knock off pullers against the Cleveland Browns when they want to get Nick Chubb to the outside. So there's one less guy for your linebackers to potentially have to defeat. This defensive line has to play north and south and get penetration. You get yourself in trouble when you're playing east and west and your linebackers are also because the pitcher gets cloudy and it gets muddy. Cam Haywood can affect this game in the run game by penetration on defense and allow those linebackers to get over the top, rub, and get their hands on Nick Chubb and try to get it on the ground. If you can't, Cleveland will run away with this one. Let's go, Swagoo. Three hours and 15 minutes away from kickoff of week three, and these quarterbacks arriving there. You see Mitch Trubisky. Guys, he wasn't watching the show because he's arriving at the stadium, so don't worry. These guys won't get him benched. If he gets benched, that's another story. We had nothing to do with it. All right, let's do our game picks, guys. Uh, look at everybody. I look cool, I got to tell you. I think, what is that, like a <laughs> that's your Steelers? That's your best look, actually. Mullet? Mullet? <laughs> <laughs> your head is so small. Key, what He's do you have over person. your head? I don't know. All right, anyway, they as you saw like there, guys, I am the only one who's picking the Steelers. Uh, thanks for everybody else going out on a limb with me. I'm mainly doing that because if you we all pick the same team, then everybody's wrong. But I will tell you this. I, I kind of think that without Jadavian Clowney, Miles Garrett's a little banged up. Like, maybe we see the Steelers offense get something going tonight. <laughs> on the yeah. road. I'm trying to sell myself on my pick. Anybody I, I, hear me? Cleveland has to win this game. There's <laughs> bad stuff happening there. All right. Yeah, that's interesting. Hey, either way, we'll see you. Dan, I, I need you to grade my test score and get it back to the weight. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> what a wrap. <laughs>